0: Do you know how to combine fruits, veggies, and superfoods into a drink that actually tastes good? Do you have that extra time to find the best nutritionist-supported recipes and highest quality ingredients? Finding that time is hard, and you are not alone. Well, now you can get all of your superfoods super fast with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest sends superfood eats straight to your door with your choice of smoothies, activated breakfast bowls, soups, and even ice cream. Vegan sundays. Just place them in your freezer until you're hungry. Then add water, maybe coconut or almond milk for extra creaminess, and blend or heat. In just 30 seconds, you have an insanely delicious and nutritious meal. Each cup is made from a yummy blend of fruits, veggies, and nutrients always perfectly complemented with a superfood boost. Produce from Daily Harvest is organic and unrefined, and it looks as amazing as it tastes. You can actually see the whole ingredients when you open up the cup. Well, Daily Harvest works closely with local farmers across the US and freezes all ingredients at peak freshness to seal in their maximum nutritional value, unlike other fruits and veggies that are picked and packaged long before the nutritional peak. My favorite during these cozy fall days are the perfectly seasoned turmeric and lemongrass soups. They're delicious. Join me, you can eat right, right now with Daily Harvest. For my US listeners, go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code YOGAGIRL to get three items free off of your first box. That's promo code YOGAGIRL for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today I have my dear friend and super inspiration of a human being, Lara Hyman on the show. Physical therapist, master yoga teacher, anatomy genius, and lover of all things movement. Lara is co-teaching our island yoga teacher training here in Aruba right now and she is blowing our minds wide open. I just could not let this fountain of knowledge leave without sharing her wisdom with all of you guys. So without further ado, do. Welcome to the show, Laura! Yay! Yay.
1: <laughs> here we are! Yay. Let's talk about movement! I love it! I could do this all day. I know. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm like, how are we going to
0: squeeze all this stuff into like an hour podcast? It's I don't know. I don't know.
1: You'll have to like start to volume me down. <laughs>
0: But that's so fun because I've, um, I've, okay, let's talk a little bit about how we know each other because yeah. that's, that's also an interesting story. So for everyone listening, so we're doing this 200 hour training that I've talked a lot about, um, and on Lara's week. So I'm doing a week, like I'm first module and then Lara's doing a second one, which is super centered around anatomy and functional movement. And then the third one is back to me. But when I was introducing Laura, I was like, so it's really interesting because me and Lara know each other through our friend Jan Pasilov. And Laura's like, uh that's not true. (laughs) And I was like, what? Correction. Why don't you you tell the story of how we met since I clearly have a really bad memory?
1: (laughs) Well, no, your memory just got a little um, jostled, I guess, Um, because we both know Jen separately. But I had gotten... You were touring the United States doing the happiness tour. Is that it? Yes. A book tour. Right. And I was not yet a big Instagram person. And one of my friends who is more of an Instagram person and followed you said, hey, yoga girl's coming to New York and she is looking for private yoga instruction. You've got to write her. Like You could be the person. And normally I... I, I didn't know who you were. Yeah, like like, who is that I, Yeah, person? I'm like, what? it was Yoga Girl, first of all. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I normally wouldn't have even responded, but there was something, obviously, I just was like, well, why would this person say, say this to me, write this? So she even connected me with the, the email that you had asked um, for us to send our information to. So I just wrote you a little email and said, hey, I live in Princeton, but I'm willing to come into New York and let me know, blah, blah, blah. Here's my website. And then I didn't hear anything for a couple of days and I went on your page and there's like, I don't know, thousands of people who wrote in and I felt like, it oh, so right. I'm like, oh my God, what a dummy. I'd Because even... we had traveled yeah.
0: so much the past couple of years and I had so much back pain and it was just this, you know, yeah. I really wasn't practicing what I was preaching at all. And we had 27 cities over two months. It was like totally insane. And I decided, I think one weekend, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Unless I can have, like, someone come to my hotel room every day and teach me, like, a grounding practice or I'm going to die. Because it's just – I wasn't able to maintain a home practice. I was so stressed out. It was so overwhelming. So I remember for New York City, like, there's so much yoga there. It's totally – Crazy. And I posted, like, hey, anyone who wants to, like, come and, and teach me some <laughs> teach me some grounding yoga or whatever in my hotel room, staying here and here. And we had, like, yeah, thousands of people sending emails. And it was everything from, I don't have my 200-hour yet, but I would love to, like, show you my super special home remedy of this and that. Like, right, something, you know, right. to really seasoned and experienced teachers. And your email was just, I really remember, like, oh, it was so short and to the point. And, like, I'm like, okay, this feels like a very solid human being like i kind of like that you didn't yeah. really know who i
1: was because sometimes we i do get, like, yeah very I, intense. yes exactly and i've seen it now so i know that you know people just really idolize you as they should but it was nice that i didn't know who you were
0: no that was and awesome yeah that, that tour yeah i remember someone gave me <laughs> it was such an intense tour uh someone gifted me like a little box of their baby teeth <laughs> Are you Like we kidding? had such intense like moments during this tour of like people that followed us to the hotel, oh, like yeah. really intense stuff. And I remember like, okay, I need like a mother's touch. Right. I need someone right. to help. Right. And I told Dennis, I'm like, this woman, she seems like totally solid. Like let's yeah. do it. She's not going to bring her teeth to me. She's not going to bring me her <laughs> box of baby <laughs> teeth. Like, oh my God. But then it was so interesting because I loved the class. Like I loved the class so much. And I felt so, and I remember you, kind of kindly correcting like some major mm-hmm.
1: like poses that right. I was
0: feeling very attached to. And like, mm-hmm. well, I practiced like this for like a decade and you know, she's kind of poking me around. But then there was a little thing where I was like, Oh, like this, I feel better here. Like it was like a kind down dog sense. adjustment right, that I just right. never had anyone, yeah anyone ever adjust me like that. And then uh, I told Dennis, I'm like, we're going to put this woman on 108. And he was like, what because we haven't hadn't launched 108 or anything it's like you don't even know her I'm like she's gonna be our first <laughs> new person that like is not a friend that's on the site
1: and right. that was literally you I know and now I am a friend and, now you and are that's friend. what I love about you it's like you go with your gut like and and we should talk about the fact that women supporting women is such an incredibly empowering thing and I you do that and you're you knew that I probably had something to offer but you went out on a ledge and got me on the 108 platform, and I love that there. It's like home away from home. Yeah, and
0: do you know you are our top three teachers? I like, did not know did that. Did you not know that? How did you
1: not know that? I get a lot of wonderful fan mail, but really. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, if I mean, you haven't yeah. taken Laura's class don't.
0: on 108.com, you should definitely, like, after this podcast, take a moment and drop
1: in and Yes, that. get your glutes on. Okay. Get your glutes on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. why before we dive in, why don't you share a little bit more about your story, like your mm-hmm. history, you know, how did you get yeah. into yoga and...
1: Well, I, um, I've always felt really attached to my body. I feel grateful for that. I never had this kind of disembodied experience. I feel like a lot of people have. Um, I've always loved movement and been curious about it. And I grew up with three brothers and was playing along with them. And they were very sporty. And I was accepted in the group. And, and you're a triplet. I'm a triplet. That's so, so yeah, I, I, I feel like we were probably playing soccer in the womb or something. <laughs> Competing for some space. I was the biggest, I might add that. Um, So I then, um, I danced and I ran and I played sports. And even dance to me became, when I was doing it kind of more officially in a company, it became a little bit unhealthy. Um, And I could sense, like, I love movement. I don't want somebody to tell me, like, how it should look. You know, specifically, like, thin-wise, ballet is really... At th- that time, they really rewarded people who were on the thinner side. So I actually left ballet because I didn't like that message. And I'm really, again, grateful for that. And then I ran in college. And and then I f- moved up to Jersey after I went to physical therapy school. I also, I think I told you, I wrote my college essay about the connection of mind and body before I had, like, even read any books about it. But I had had a bad injury, um, an ankle injury in ballet, And I remember how grouchy I felt because I couldn't do anything, and I journaled about it. And I was like, "This is so fascinating!" Like, I just I hopped on a on a you know little basic um, recumbent bike at my parents' house with a big cast on my ankle just to move and sweat. And I just I felt the need to do that. And I already felt you know I knew so I actually wrote about it. I ran a marathon my senior year with my brother. And I remember getting to like mile 23 and being like, this is so hard. I want to stop. And my mind said, nope, you can do this. Like, come on. It's only three more miles. And it's only two more miles. And I remember thinking, it's my mind that's telling my body it can or can't do something. So I wrote about that for my college essay. So anyway, then I went to PT school because I really knew I wanted to be into wellness and health. My father's a physician. My bro- one of my brothers became a physician. The other one is a physical therapist as well. And I moved to New Jersey. I didn't know anyone. So I joined a um, running club and the running club offered yoga. And I was like, yeah, I need to stretch probably. This sounds like a good idea. You know, and I I had, I, I just thought of yoga as sitting around like with incense and chanting and just sitting, you know. But this was uh, a while ago. This was a while ago. Yes, people. I'm a little bit older than Rachel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, no, this it was, was pre. Tw- it, was ni- it was 1995. hmm And I went to a class and it was titled Power Yoga. And it was actually a disciple of Beryl Bender Birch, who is kind of Patabi Joyce's, uh, you know, they all, it was like Power Yoga, a version of Ashtanga. And like, I mean, after that class was over with, I just was lit up. I felt exactly how I felt when I was running and when I was dancing combined. And I just wanted more of it. But there wasn't really a lot around. So I did a ton of stuff on my own. I read books. I eventually did go to a teacher training in 1999, but um, I just, I loved it from the beginning. And I've only, you know, continued to love it 22 years later. I'm, I'm just as excited to get on my mat most days um, as I was then. And did
0: you feel right away like you could combine your your physical therapy background with I
1: yoga? Yeah. it was no, that still a foreign? I, no, it was, I kind of had separated them because I was like looking at it this, like, this is a tradition. You have to do it a certain way. So I did kind of classical vinyasa, little Ashtanga mix for a while, and then you know simultaneously I'd gotten this graduate postgraduate degree in what's called neurodevelopmental training, and I was working with people who have had some kind of neurological insult, brain injury, or stroke, and I, you know, literally have a paralyzed limb, and I was doing stuff on the floor with them and putting weight bearing on the paralyzed limb and doing core integration to get their. I was doing all this stuff, and then parallel to that, I'm practicing yoga. And I was feeling some, the beginning of some injury, some overuse of my rotator cuff.
0: In your own yoga practice. In my own practice.
1: And my practice was not really progressing. And I don't mean, oh, I wasn't able to do a pose. I just felt like it wasn't, I didn't feel different, that different day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I just started actually incorporating what I was doing with my patients. And it was like really within a two-month period, my practice just shifted. Because I started doing core work. I started doing weight bearing on my hands. I was noticing the classical vinyasa, the way I was practicing was like 80% legs, really leg heavy. So I would have like my, you know, like my hip the next day, I'd be like, oh my God, I can barely walk. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, that class was so hard. I could barely walk. And I'm thinking, is that a good thing? Like you can barely walk the day after practicing yoga, you know? So just put on like my, my, my physical therapy, critical no pain, thinking. No no Yeah. And wow. I'm like, well, you know, like oh, I can't lean over my hamstrings, all this. And so I, I just changed it and I started practicing on my own that way. And then I started incorporating kind of the dance idea of like repeating something because when you repeat something, you create a better pathway of memory and hardwiring. And I just fooled around with that. And then I eventually came up with this kind of hodgepodge style that I created called Yoga Stream, which is um, very intentional, integrative core, and, and doing the poses that I think are, are really beneficial for the rest of our lives, you know, really sustainable.
0: And I mean, this is such an interesting thing. And it's also, a, I think, a really sensitive conversation to have within yoga community, especially mm-hmm. for um, people that have studied or practiced for a really specific way for a long time. And right. we do become very attached to Yes. Like this is what my practice looks like. And right. my teacher, or my teacher's teacher's teacher, mm-hmm. you know, teaches this in this way. Right. So I feel like we're we're not really taught to look outside of the box. Yes. At least that's how that's what my experience was. So I've I've had many different teachers and different styles of teachers in my life, but it's always been like this is the way. Yeah. Which has always, in a way, made me feel like um Dennis and I were joking about this the other day. He was like, Well, every time you would find like a teacher that that you clicked with for whatever reason. You would throw everything else that you had ever learned aside and like, this is the way now. And then only do that until something else came along or until I injured myself.
1: Yeah, right. That's
0: kind of really what it was. So I I had this moment where, I mean, I guess a couple of years of practice where I was studying with a a teacher or two teachers who were so heavy on like... um, Core work, but not all kinds, like Navasana, for instance, right, like the, right. the lower and the yes. out, like half boat to, to, to uh, or low boat to high boat. Um, and I would have shooting pain in my hip flexors, like shooting pain. I would wake up in the middle of the night, like screaming, like, oh my God. And I remember Dennis was like, you think this is good? Like mm-hmm. 400 Navasana in a class? And I'm like, yeah, if you want to press the handstand, you have to do that. Right. That's what my teachers taught yes. me to do. And I never questioned it. And then I would get injured and I would completely stop like Mm -hmm. and lose the physical practice. And then I would tell myself like, oh, but I'm into this more meditative thing now. But it was really like, uh, like you had something poked in your body that didn't feel good to the point where I like couldn't like do a down dog or like something, you know, pressing back into child's pose was hurting my hip flexors. And then, you know, I would kind of lose the practice. I feel like (sighs) what I love about your teaching is this, you know, we're exploring, like everyone in the room is exploring blurring their own stuff. Yes. Right? Yes. Where's absolutely. the gunk? Like hmm Where's the pain? Where's the habit? And how can we kind of shift it toward integration? And I think that's a really beautiful way of teaching because it's a it's a non-ego way of teaching. Even though, and I'm kind of beginning to get this, like your way is like <laughs> the best. Yeah. the, <laughs> best. Oh, <just laughs> the best way. <laughs> Everyone stop doing all the yoga that you do. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the crappy yoga. It's turning you. Right. But yeah. I mean, because I mean, already now we have we have 51 people in this teacher training and just having this room lit up with, okay, massive shifts in mm-hmm. like basic poses, like chaturangas or planks or down dogs for people that maybe should not even practice all these poses the way, you know, at all. Right. Um, but how do you have that conversation? Because I kind of want to spark this in the community yeah. now.
1: And I know maybe people are listening. They're going to be like, well, what do you mean? You know? Right. I know. I've... It's I, it's a conversation I've wanted to spark for a while because I've been teaching this way for about ten years, and I remember in the early years if I went to any other studio, because inevitably somebody like you, like would come and take my class and they have a studio and they'd be like, I really want you to come to my studio and show show these people what you taught me, and so I would come and and by and large most of them are so accepting, but there's always the people who have been attached to a style. And it's like, well, we don't normally start off with this and we usually do wheel after hip openers and why, you know, and so I would always just say like, investigate that. Does it actually feel good and make sense in your body? And almost hundred percent of the time people are like, well, you know, actually it doesn't really f- feel good when I, da, 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 da. you know, so I, I just, I turn the question on to somebody, you know, I'll say, uh, is it working for you? because what i find is if i'm thinking about it from this sustainability like i want to be doing this practice for decades i don't want to have anybody have to tie my shoe for me put velcro on my shoes you know be limited to living on one floor which we all tend to do we just kind of take our movement patterns and we become disabled basically and then bad movement patterns that we've done for years um no, oh, people think that this is part of life, like it's right. Aging, oh but my youth- god, the worst thing I hear is like, "Well, I'm I'm a little too old for that." You wouldn't, and I'm like, "Dude, like I'm stronger than I was twenty years ago." I'm I'm on to something, and it's because I'm actually thinking and I'm listening. Because when I actually encourage people to listen to their bodies, they're relieved that I don't do the poses that I don't think are um, long term a good idea, and. Most people are so excited to find their core. They're so excited. They like, there's a smile that comes on and they're finding their core, but they're finding themselves. They're finding possibility. So the conversation needs to be have, are we doing the best we can as teachers to educate people to be the best and happiest and most integrated in their lives? Not just you know, like get up in this pose and leave the room, but get out in your life and feel good and not be limited by, I can't do this because I don't feel good or it hurts me. Or, you know, I talked the other day in class and I was like, movement is, requires strength. It requires, which stability. It requires motion, mobility, but it also requires adaptability. And that's our body's ability to adapt to various things that come our way, you know, and we want to be able to do that. And we can't do that if we're, if we're in a practice that is really limiting and possibly potentially hurting us. Well, let's talk about
0: some of those major, major, major points. Yes. So what would you say is the number one um, misconception or point of misalignment that, that teachers cue today that you see
1: a lot? Well, what I have, I mean, there's so many, (laughs) Um, but I'll tell you a big one is the, and I, I think people are getting away from this, but I've worked with a ton of people on Skype, like all over the world, who've been like, wow, you know, I, I've been practicing for 10 years or eight years, or I'm a teacher, and I've chronic pain in my back or in my legs or behind my knee. And I, all I do, they pay me to tell them to bend your knees and down dog, okay? Please, for the love of God, like just soften your knees because there, we have these. Everyone listening, right? for the love of, for <laughs> the love of, please the love of the dogs. Like it is like to have your knees locked. Um, many people just are sitting too much of the day and their entire back line of fascia, which is the connective tissue gets tight. Right. So the fascia gets tight and then they get on the mat and they're asking this fascia to like open up and it can't. So inevitably what happens is it usually goes either into the, it goes somewhere along that line. It gets into the back. It might get behind the knees. It might get into the upper hamstrings. And it's not, it's not, it's like, it's like taking a tent, you know, how you pull the tent up and at some point it gets really, really taut. And you have to allow some um, movement there. And, and you really, the easiest thing to do is to soften the knees because otherwise people collapse in the shoulder joint or something, but they soften the knees and engage the front, I'm like putting my hands on my abs like engage their front body. They're over time they will open up that back line, but they're never going to open it successfully by locking out the knees and rounding in the back. It's just going back into the same position you were in when you were sitting. So, if people think that, you know,
0: how yeah. will I get my heels down and down? Right. Yeah, dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I press hard like, enough, if I press hard enough. Like
1: heels down, none of that. I mean, it just keep the heels up the rest of your life and you're fine, right? It's just because. I like to say, even yeah. like down dog is not necessarily the best place to work on your hamstring
0: flexibility, like at all. Right. Like, no. On your back. No. In another yeah, shape.
1: Absolutely. But I feel like
0: people see that pose and then they think, okay, I have to get to that place. Yes. And then push and
1: push and push and push. And then it's a big blow to the ego. Like, bend my knees. What do you mean? <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I know that's, that's the other thing is I really take, I try and take the ego out of poses. Like it doesn't need, what does it feel like? What does it feel like? And what it needs to feel like is engaged. Like every part is engaged. The arms are engaged coming up and down dog. The core, the front core is engaged. And you are trying to engage the legs, but you might have to bend the knees to do it. And that's totally fine. So anyone listening who might be suffering from lower back pain,
0: uh, this might be just your savior. Yes. Um, How long do you think it would take for someone who's listening right now to just today start bending their knees in their down dog before finding some relief if they suffer from...
1: It it depends. It could take not that long. There are certain areas of the body that take a long time. The hamstrings take a long time. So relieve yourself if you never straighten your knees or you never touch the floor without having to bend the knees. It's fine. It actually is healthy to have about 70% of range of motion in the hamstrings and about 30% tightness. The people that get injured are the ones who are too flexible. So uh, I think we also need to change the conversation about that. Like being too flexible is not a good thing. I would way, as a teacher and, and, and helping somebody, I would way rather work with somebody who's too tight, who thinks they're too tight. Cause it's Mm -hmm. like, you got all the signals there. That's awesome. All right. Now (laughs) listen to that. (laughs) You can still feel it. It's the people who are floppy and they are just pulling on the joint, um, that I'm really worried about because they will long-term definitely have issues. There's no doubt. And this is, I feel, at least, I mean, a, a big d- danger with the social
0: media yoga community where yeah. this super bendy, flexible, thin yes. person is so rewarded. You yes. Know, oh my God, the things you can do with your body. Yes. Um, and it's not necessarily where anyone should be with right. their bodies.
1: Right. And I think we need to teach that th- just like you're looking at a, a glamour magazine and somebody's there and they have makeup and their airbrush, that's, that's a presentation, but that's not, um, that's not shouldn't be like the ideal. Right, so we can be inspired by looking at people who are doing kinds kinds of crazy things, but like that, that's yoga is is your experience, and so if that inspires you, that's fine. But you don't try and recreate a shape; you try and embody a shape because you're trying to embody your body and really feel. and And the body needs to be balanced. I mean, I talked about this the first day of our training. At every level, from our cellular level, we're always trying to find balance. And so why would we, um, like work and be so hard on ourselves and have these, and it, all it's going to do is bring up really nasty dia- inner dialogue, because you're trying to be something, um, that somebody else is. And why do that? Be yourself.
0: Like the intention behind why yeah, we practice is right. so important. Yeah, You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Vitamins and supplements are one of the best and simplest ways to ensure that you're meeting your body's nutritional needs. But it can feel impossible to figure out which ones you need, especially when you're standing in the vitamin aisle without a knowledgeable professional there to help you out. I know I've spent countless hours in my own vitamin research over the years, and I still find myself second-guessing and turning around to seek more information before I'm sure I've made the best choice. Well, now there's a better way. Careof is a new kind of vitamin company. On takecareof.com, breeze through a small questionnaire about your diet and health goals and arrive at a personalized list of the best natural supplements for your unique body. Each vitamin is described in detail, where in the world the best ingredients are from and how they're processed, the listed benefits, the honest results of the case studies conducted, all easily displayed alongside your recommended dosage. Once you review and confirm your order, your first monthly shipment is on its way. Your supplements come in personalized daily packs, making sure your daily routine is super easy. And recurring monthly orders means you never have to miss a day or deal with replacing bottles. You can modify your subscription at any time, too. Best of all, you actually save money when you get your vitamins from Care-of, compared to your local health food store. My Care-of daily packs include adaptogens and energy boosters that are super helpful for me as a businesswoman and, of course, as a mom. Just two vitamins a day and I feel the difference. Go check it out for yourself. Go to takecareof.com right now for your personalized recommendation. Use the offer code HEART and get 50% off of your first month's order. That's takecareof.com, offer code HEART. Takecareof.com. And I I have this, I mean, I have this inner dialogue with myself all the time, but I can really see in my my practice what's fueled my practice Mm -hmm. um, and how I respond to that. So for right in the very beginning, I had a, so much lower back pain and I had scoliosis for a long time. So all I wanted was to not have pain. And that part, like the very beginning of my practice was so beautiful. Like that was really, I was like, I just want to be not in pain. Yeah. I didn't have an attachment to, I want to nail a pose or get mega strong in this way or like do fancy cool things in, in, with my body. That wasn't the thing, just no pain. Um, and then I shifted into this very empowering place of like, damn, like, I can balance on my hands upside down in space. Like my body is a fucking powerhouse. Like it was like, you know, so into that. Um, But then it took over and it became everything I wanted to do. I just wanted to press the handstand. That was all. And I was compromising everything else. Like I was ignoring this shooting pain, this super tight, like trapezias and upper back and neck pain. And I would get headaches. And, you know, I was just saying like, no, but this is a normal, normal part of like, if you want to work this hard to press, like, of course, you're going to build all this strength, you know? So right. I was trying to balance with back bends, which wasn't working because I wasn't opening in any of the right places like at all. And then I would get injured and then like not practice for a couple of months and then try to go back to that thing you know, so the intention behind it was, yeah, I was totally lost with this idea of reaching a pose or reaching a goal that I had to step way, 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 way back. And I think honestly, it was, I don't know, maybe a year before I got pregnant. I mean, not that many years ago where I just completely surrendered to, okay, I'm in a place now where I just
1: want to feel good. Right. Like, and that can be different. Well, day. that's, yeah. And that's how we should feel. I mean, that's how we that should be our goal in life, right, <laughs> you know, to just feel, feel good, good in your job, feel good in your, in your marriage, feel, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's always a work of balancing it, but that should be the goal. And that's definitely should be the goal on the mat. Well, how do you teach that then? Because that's such a...
0: That's such a challenging thing. And I mean, we're trying to do that with our teacher trainees right now. Like, how do you actually cue someone to drop deeper into themselves? Like, that's a really um, challenging huh. thing to do. So, you know, even your word, like, is yes. it law? No. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Laura's no. cueing this right now. I know she knows her shit, but I still need to tap in and let my body be the first teacher every
1: time. Absolutely. That's, that's all I'm trying to do is educate people to listen, to be critical thinkers. Everyone knows what their own history is to some even if they aren't consciously aware of it so if i have if i've gotten a rundown on somebody's you know injuries or current state, it still isn't telling me the whole picture that person- The person really needs to listen to their own bodies so i I always start off by saying my general role is. Do it feels good, don't do it doesn't feel good. That seems like so like duh. Yeah, duh. But it's not. But it's not. Easy. It's not. And people but people I will tell you that have, having taught now thousands of people they they love getting that permission. They love that like simple statement like, "Oh, really? I you know, if that doesn't feel good." And um but I also try and sequence and think about things in a way that will put most people general population in a good place, an in integrated place, space, right? Yeah. So I do believe you've got to get people to understand what their core is. And the core is everything that's surrounding your rib cage and your spinal column. It's just not your limbs. And in yoga, a lot of times we actually cue more about the limbs than the core. And um, so I feel like when people get that, they then start to think what about What happens it- when we get that? Like when someone who really taps into that Oh, I see it in their face. They're just like, whoa. Oh, you know what they say? They're like, Laura, I thought of you the other day. I was, you know, sitting in my car and I just was like, oh, got to engage my core. I got to pull this. I should be on my set. You know, they just, and it's fun because it's like being the beginner again. It's like, oh my gosh, they're thinking about me. Or they'll tell me, oh, my, you know, my boyfriend or my, my spouse was complaining about this. And I was like, well, you need to do this, you know, and they start educating him or her about it, you know. So it's like passing along this this joy of living in our body and feeling it. And, you know, anyone can tap into that. Maybe they'll never do a handstand. I don't know. I mean, but they can tap into their core. And that feels amazing because that you can carry into your life. Um, so, yeah. And honing in on your own
0: energy. That was something that we touched oh, upon yeah. these these days, which was so interesting for me, the, the
1: disbursement of energy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that because yes. I
0: had a major... Oh, epiphany I want to hear arm. about your epiphany, yes. but
1: well, I talk a lot about the core being this like m- this magical container, and when we're popping out our ribs or sticking back our tailbone or you know locking our knees, we we are creating energy leaks of some kind, and when we start really fine tuning our energy flow by not having those leaks, the power we feel. And the energy we feel is is just like unstoppable and so t- and so no matter what your kind of inner dialogue is on a daily basis i've just seen people who are truly wounded and have really low opinions of themselves, and when they start honing and and containing their energy and not let it leak out through their body, they feel better about themselves and and much more um just inquisitive about where am I giving that energy where I don't need to, you know, and um, where am I not standing in my power and, and, and unconsciously like letting that seepage of energy out. Um, and so it's, yeah, I want to hear about your story now. No, now I'm I mean, like, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good yeah.
0: reflection of how we, uh, we show up in life. Totally. Right. That dispersement of, of energy. And let's get clear here. So, yeah. people listening. So, when we talk about core, we're not talking about like having a six pack molded from the yeah. outside, looking whatever you think you should on the beach. Like, nothing to do with that. Like, yeah. it's a total tapping in. And we've had, it's just in this training, it's women of all shapes and sizes that are just feeling equally empowered of like, I'm in my body now. Yes. That's the whole point. Like, I'm here. I'm very present. And the the realization that I had is, so it's been eight months since I had the baby. And I haven't really, like, done anything core-related at all. I've been so focused on just being soft and also, like, not wanting to have any pain. So the yoga I've done has been really restorative and then kind of the standard vinyasa that I normally, like, always do. But I haven't done any core work. And it's just been, like, this thing in my mind where, well, eventually I'll just get back to where I was before, like, I mean yeah. that's just gonna happen. I'll just, yeah. just come together. Just come together. And the more you've spoken about this, so where is the energy going? Like where am I leaking or shifting energy away from my corn, this place of centeredness? Where is it going? And I realize that all of my energy is in my baby. 110 fucking percent of my energy is in my baby all the time so like as we're having this podcast i'm simultaneously thinking is dennis back from doing groceries did he put the baby like in the shower yet like did she change her diaper is she in her pjs like i have that constant back of my mind like energy there like where is she is she safe is she good is she okay and it means that i am not present like in my own center like 100%. And this thing that I've been really, really, really struggling with these past months is this massive fear that something's going to happen to her. And I've kind of surrendered to, okay, I'm just going to live with that my whole life. But I'm starting to figure out that if I tap back into my own place of energy, like my own place of center where I know like my feet are on the ground, like I'm here when I live in my own body, I think there's more trust there. And it doesn't mean that I'm not still thinking of her, but it's just I'm not leaking all of myself like over, you know, to where I'm not in right. my body, like not present. So even just these past couple of days where I'm okay in in practice and physically like tapping in to find my inner diamond and like I feel really engaged now in my low belly, which I haven't at all yeah. since, I mean, since before pregnancy. Um, it's also shifting my, this fear, like if I'm feeling way, like before I couldn't even talk about that. Yeah, like I'm scared something's going to happen to her. I would just burst into tears and like shaking and I'm like, you know what? Like I feel pretty grounded in me. So that energetic shift of, Okay, we're doing physical core work like here. <laughs> yeah. But it's shifting something in how I look at life also.
1: I know. And that's, that's the kind of, that's the magic elixir that, that is hard to describe until you really feel it. And I just encourage everybody to do that because feeling fear is feeling powerless and nobody benefits from that. It doesn't mean we're ever going to be fear without it, um, but we can fear less for sure and the way to do it is exactly what you said like feel your own power so it's not because that's just that's just the hypothetical and to live in like this hypothetical state of yes. is such a like an energy drain
0: no super drain yeah. and then every time that that kind of fear takes over it's like i'm not in my body at all Mm -mm. i'm in this state of kind of constant panic every time i leave and i mean it, it can just get worse worse and worse like what kind of life do i want to live where i'm just paralyzed by this fear no what's the solution i can't control everything i just need to solution is to come back to myself yes and you were using this beautiful metaphor on the first day of how um you know the the core is really like our diamond like we're connecting to these four points in the low body and how that's our diamond and I had this visualization of okay I created a diamond like in my belly and then I birthed her and she's this shining diamond over here but I still have my own and I kind of lost that yeah and now I'm tapping back into my own and it's really making me feel way more just calm and clear and less panicky yeah I love it
1: and I love what I love (laughs) that you have that and I love that some of the trainees were like no wonder they said diamonds are a girl's best yes. friend, and we have our own. We don't need anybody to give it to us. It's just, it's great, yeah. Because it is. It's that. It's that. Um, it's esoteric. It's energetic. It's everything we feel. It's physiological. It's physical. It's emotional. When we own our power, and it really is. We know the chakras, the the sacral plexus, and the chakras are right there. And when we discover them and really tap into them and and don't give that to anyone else but ourselves, that's who we are. That's our identity. That's our security and our stability. So no wonder you feel less fearful because you just automatically feel more secure in you. More safe. Yeah.
0: Super true. Yes. <laughs> I'm like smiling throughout this. It's
1: just so awesome. Um,
0: but that that's my favorite part of, of yoga also is The emotional connection to the body and how emotions show up, you know, in our practice and Mm -hmm. depending on where we're working at and how it kind of loops back. So if I'm working on something deeply emotional, I can see that reflection in my body and my practice. If I'm present, I can't see it if I'm not here, if I'm checked out, but like swooped up by an emotion completely. But also how the physical practice automatically taps us into the emotional body and can release. I mean, everyone knows like a really deep hip opener or an awesome shavasana or whatever, like even like intense dynamic
1: Yes, core work can make you super emotional. Absolutely. It's like like shaking the shit out, you know? Yes.
0: What do you, I mean, what's your reflection there? Because that's my, and I wasn't expecting us to tap into that this Mm -hmm. much
1: during anatomy training. I know. It's so funny because um, when I go and I teach and it's called like anatomy junkie, I always define anatomy as it's the structure of the body, but it's the investigation of the internal workings. And that's actually, if you look up the dictionary, it says something like that. And I love that because anatomy is not just this frame, muscles, skeleton, uh, ligaments, fascia, but it is the container of our spirit. And, you know, it's like, it is, we are walking around in this container, this uniform. And I'm like, do we want to have a bright, you know, Christmas tree lit up uniform? Or do we want to be like a dark shroud? And that's where we can wear our emotions on our body or we can free our emotions through our body. And I people think that they're separate. And I always say, unless you are a corpse, you are not just a body. You are the body, mind, the spirit. It's all there together. And I, I don't know why we like to separate it. Um, I think that it just is maybe easier to talk about them in, in separate parts. But I've had many people that are like, well, I don't really do a physical practice I just do a spiritual practice and I am always curious about that because to me I don't separate those two at all I know like I am my like least connected not nicest self on the days that I don't practice or I haven't practiced for you know you don't move right that I don't move and I think everybody can kind of get a sense of that And I'll say to my, my daughter, who's a teenager, if she's having, if she's struggling with something emotionally, I'll say, when was the last time you moved? That's, I mean, I mean, and she's like, mom, I know, I know. And I'm like, no, really it's, and this is, we need to reshape. We could talk about, we could talk for hours, but we really do need to reshape the the education system. Kids should not be sitting all day. It's really not good for their bodies and it's really not good for their spirits. Um, or they're learning. Or they're learning. You know? No, we are not open when, we, when we're when we not connected. And so I think everybody knows intuitively. I mean, think about Le Luna or, a, or an animal. Like when they've been still for a while, the first thing they do is like move around. You know? Shake it off. Undulate, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and we just are so robotic. We've just taken our movement experience into this very small little box where we you know i'm saying generally not everybody of course but you know drive to work sit at work get in the car come home from work Sit then the you're exhausted, right? So you got to sit on the couch because you've been exhausted from, from sitting not moving. Day. It's right. Like when you travel, you know how that is. Like, it's always fascinating. I'm always like, this is so curious. I've been sitting in an airplane. I've been sitting on an airport and all I want to do is go to the hotel and go take a nap. Like, what is that? Like, why isn't my body going, move? But it's because my nervous system, my emotional, all of it, all the systems are like, they're just dull. They're dull. And so you have to counter that by making yourself move. And then, and then all of a sudden you just feel better, but the instinct is not to, because the spirit is already dull.
0: You are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl. Have you ever heard someone say they would love to eat healthier, but it's just too expensive? Well, maybe you wanted to explore natural remedies the last time you caught a cold, but the vitamin aisle was just too overwhelming in options and price. I get it and I've been there. But what if a company did all the research, removed the middleman and made premium organic foods and products actually affordable? Well, Thrive Market saw the need to bring that quality to the people and that's what they did. Thrive Market gives you premium products at wholesale prices. They do this by working directly with the top brands and passing the savings on to their members. They only source brands that are in the best quality, meaning they've done all the homework for you to discover the brands that you will already approve of. Instead of getting stuck between 15 different olive oils, Thrive market will show you the top three. You can trust the research and you can complete your shopping much faster what I love about Thrive Market's website is how easily I find exactly what I need. By selecting values like vegan, gluten-free, or even for moms yes, us moms sometimes have specific values, the results are narrowed down without having to waste any time reading labels and wondering if a product really is what it says it's supposed to be. You can even refine your search by brand certification and awards, environmental and social standards, and specific ingredients or diets. You couldn't ask for a more user-friendly shopping experience. In one beautifully curated catalog, I can find natural and effective cleaning products for my home snacks for my baby that meets my high standards and even healthy treats for my dogs all from respectable brands all at wholesale prices it's a fantastic one-stop shop that makes grocery shopping fun and easy again and orders ship straight to your door for those of you in the usa well it gets better still for every single person that signs up thrive market donates a membership to a low-income family a veteran or a teacher together you and i are making healthy living affordable for everyone Well, what about using ingredients in creative and delicious ways? The Thrive Market website regularly posts recipes and tips on how to use ingredients they sell, so your journey into healthy living is fueled with easy-to-follow inspiration. I love the new home remedies and recipe inspirations that I've learned from these posts. Go check it out. Go to thrivemarket.com slash yogagirl to get $20 off of your first three orders, as well as free shipping and a free 30-day trial. We don't have to surrender to the excuse that it's too expensive to purchase healthy, quality ingredients for our bodies, homes, and the planet. With Thrive Market, you can have your fair trade vegan snack and eat it too. Get $60 worth of organic groceries for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash yoga girl to get $20 off of your first three orders of $49 or more, plus free shipping. With Thrive Market's prices already 25 to 50% below retail, this additional 25% off deal is not to be missed. That's thrivemarket.com slash yoga girl. I mean, the only few people that I uh, or my two favorite movement people to follow on Instagram is you and Ashley Albren. I know we
1: love Ashley. We love we're Ashley. Like the, we're our... imitating her little like oh. undulating self all day. The gorgeousness. She's like the sexiest she's woman. So she's so sexy. Her body and so she's like a jungle woman. I just like, yeah. <laughs> if love if her. you
0: guys listening, if, if you haven't heard the podcast I did with Ashley, um, it's it's yeah one of the first weeks ever actually. Uh, she's OG yogini on Instagram, but there's something about. And you have, you both have very different like styles of movement. I mean, different people, all this stuff. But there is something about that merging the spiritual practice, like as a physical practice, like your physical practice is your spiritual practice. And it's so clear to see um, in little clips that you share, share with the world. And it's just so inspiring to me. And I think that's why there was this, I don't know. I had this aversion of like, well, I want to have a strong core because people would would want that just for the idea of looking a certain way, right? right? I want a flat stomach or I want to, you know, look good on the beach or beach season coming. And I would just be like, oh my God, I fucking hate all of this. Like there's nothing wrong with any of us. We don't have to change to fit into this box of looking a certain way. But now really, especially the connection to the core, like I'm reshaping that view completely because it has nothing to do with that. That might be like a nice side bonus or whatever, or not, like doesn't matter. It's that deep connection to to spirit like it's so true and also that's what we're doing in the in the trainings now when we go into really deeply emotional stuff and you can sense how kind of you know people are digging at their old wounds or old baggage and patterns and relationships and sometimes it gets really heavy and harsh and there's you know intense emotional release um and my first like i can sense my body kind of connecting okay we got to, like my body tells me like, okay, we got to jump, jump out of here now. Like we got to move. Yes. Yes. And that's when I like turn on a crazy song. Okay. Dance party for five minutes or like do a hands in against the wall or like jump up and down, run around the building. Like you have to really, really get physical even for a brief moment. Mm -hmm. And then everything shifts and you can see everyone is like, okay, I'm back in my body now in this moment. And this moment is I'm safe. I'm here. I'm in a supported like group of awesome people. I'm learning. I'm, you know, discovering, but I'm not lost in that thread where my mind took me back to this intensely painful place, which is like, we need to go there to heal stuff, but we don't want to stay there. We don't want to live Mm -mm. from that story of what happened to me when I was little or what happened to me in that trauma or, um, you know, and it's so fucking effective.
1: (laughs) It is. It's so effective. It's like, we can rewrite and edit our story anytime, anytime. And we can do it through our body. Through movement. It's like the most, I mean, they've even shown this, but it is the, like with PTSD, um, some of the veterans who are doing yoga, I mean, they show that movement is the most, moving your body is the is the fastest vehicle for transformation. Mm. Um, and we know it and it's effective and everybody should be doing it. We should.
0: Why do we get so numb then? Because it is, I know a lot of people out I mean, that's one of the questions I get a lot. Like, how can I, get into the habit of moving how can i find a yoga practice that i stick with like people will start and then not get into it and then get out or they kind of um i guess it's out of the idea of like i have to work out to not get fat or i have to work out for this exactly what is yeah what's the intention and with that intention it's so hard of course it's hard to get off the couch if you're going to go and stare at yourself in
1: the mirror beating yourself up about how you're not good right and And you have to move from that
0: standpoint like
1: no I think also I've done this program, I call it the giddy up because for, for me, and I teach people like, if you don't understand habit formation, and this is where I geek out about the brain, but then you, people are setting themselves up for failure over and over again. And then this negative loop, it's like, it loops in. So I want to do this. I want to lose five pounds and I want to get really strong and I'm going to do it in a month, you know, and they start off and start off really strong, but they, For a variety of reasons, most people fail, and they've shown the reason they fail is that habits, just like whether it's behavior or talk or uh, movement, and this is why I try and change people's movement patterns because it changes their behavior patterns inevitably. But these habits are there; they are not going anywhere. What you have formed—they're formed. formed. So you have to form something stronger. And you have to do it, and it's going to take some time to override. It's How like, long? Um, well, that's why I do the repetition stuff that I do. But um, it, you know, th- there's different literature on it. But what the real great literature that I've found says you start off small. So this guy, and of course I'm losing, I'm not thinking of his name right now, but it's some, it's called something habit, and he's out of Stanford. But he said, you know, I want to get in good shape, and the stuff, and he had studied neuroscience, and he's like, well. Every time I go to the bathroom, because he said, you have to, you have to layer a good habit on top of something you already do. So every morning you get up, you go pee, you do a push up, and this is what he did. So, and over time, one, 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 right? And he says, if you're going to go and you want to run, you don't go and like lace up your shoes and run. If you've not been running, you put your shoes by the door for a week and you look at them And then you, you know, lace them and then you walk like half a mile. So people are not patient, right? And that's why, like, I love teaching handstands because it goes against this, like, American, Western, like, got to do this in 30 days and da-da-da. It's like, I don't know when it's going to happen. But be totally curious and excited about this process. You know, who knows how long it's going to take. But habit formation you have to do over and over again and doing little bit by little bit through the body, you will make those transformations. And then the kind of like the old habits become like, you know, kind of like obsolete. It's almost like when you have a computer that's 10 years old, it still has the memory in there, but it just doesn't run very fast. And then you've got this much faster moving thing. Well, that's of course where you're, where you're going. Go, so yeah. the all the stuff in the brain is the same way. So what I would encourage people to do is Figure out why, you know, if it's like, I don't, I know we're going to talk more about pain. If it's like, I don't want to feel pain, that's a really good reason to start. But start slowly and start with working on your core and moving in ways that feel good, that aren't triggering those painful experiences. And then stick with it. Stick with it, get a buddy, put up little notes so my giddy up program is like every time I say giddy up my brain I say it so much because I'm from the south and it's like giddy up (laughs) but it's my brain my brain knows when I say that okay it's on, like time to go. So find a word, find a mantra, whatever it is, and put it around the house. I had people that's gone through that. They're like putting sticky notes on their computer. Mm. And it's just, every time they see that, it's a reminder. And that's what we need. The intention has to be there. Yes. The intention, yes. that's the struggle.
0: Because so many people look at themselves and they think, I am not good enough the way I am. Something's exactly. lacking. I'm not finding a relationship because of this or I'm not. They think that there's this whole, you know, bodily reason that life isn't working the way it is right like, i think many people have this idea well if i was super skinny or whatever um life would be perfect like it yes. would be easier and it's just not real no but coming from the standpoint of i'm not good enough the way i am i'm not loving myself the way i am so if i change the way i look right. that love will follow and it's just not no true and no. it's also a really horrible place to start out like a big massive life change Right. And all of this cycles together. So if I feel like I'm not worthy of love, I'm not good enough. I look at myself in the mirror and I think I'm horrible. Like the inclination is going to be to like lie on the couch and eat pints of Ben and Jerry's and then just do that every day to kind of feed this sadness that is inside versus, okay, I'm like... Powerful in my own body. I'm here. I'm present. I want to have no pain. I want to have a sustainable life. I want to feel good. I have self love, and through that love, I want to make healthy decisions throughout the day. Like, yeah, it's not that hard to get to yoga, or like, right, you know, right. Choose to go vegan. Yes, as I right. really want to Talk about. Yeah. As I say this, if I look a little distracted, my goat has escaped from her pen <laughs> and is literally standing <laughs> on my couch outside. If you look to your
1: left, there is a goat there. <laughs> I, I, have to. I think I summoned the goat Vegan, vegan. yes that's right
0: okay so the goat is now <laughs> being taken care Whole of be- she's being taken care of holy shit but yes speaking of veganism and this is such a, a good time to have this conversation since I am officially three weeks and two days into Yeehaw! being vegan yay! again yay, yay. And this time around, it's so easy. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening and you haven't uh, listened to the podcast I did with James Aspie about veganism, it's so good. And it's just the emotional connection I have now. It's just clicked, which means it's so easy. Right. When it's not clicking, it's Mm -mm. hard. It becomes a diet or a rule you have to follow. Like you have to click emotionally and in your heart with what veganism is all about. So, I mean, the ethical part, like bringing more or less suffering into the world. Um, but also like health environment. There's so many big, big points, but maybe we can touch a little bit on that. because we we've gotten so many questions these past weeks about veganism and specifically health points. I got people asking right. me like, are you worried Lea Luna is going to grow up like with like a massive deficiency?
1: <laughs> yes, I know. And I, you know, my two kids have been vegan since in uterus and, they're 15 and 12 and they're normal size. No, they're even bigger than normal size. <laughs> they're normal size. They're normal they're not size. They're size. not like little, yeah. <laughs> they're not like little shrinked down versions. No. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it goes back to the core again. Like, and I think you said this with, that was such an amazing podcast with James. I mean, if your core, I think when you connect to your core, the reason it feels so great is you're connecting to who you are and what you believe in and your core values. And if your core values are... To be kind and to be good and to and to not contribute to suffering, then the easiest way is to not participate in eating animals, wearing animals, doing anything that puts uh, you know going to a circus, any of that. That's easy. It's it's a lot harder to be nice to people who are mean. But <laughs> yes. you know what I mean. Like this is actually easy if that's if if you believe in that, whether you really love love animals or not. I think everyone everyone d- agrees that they don't deserve to suffer. And they certainly don't d- deserve to suffer because we just enjoy eating them. You know, that's, that's... I love um, that
0: what James said. He was like, I didn't even really like my dog I know, that I know. Much. He's like, I didn't even really he's like animals. He's like, I yeah. thought we really needed to eat animals to stay healthy and to live a good life. Yes. And once I realized that that was not just not true, but it was the complete opposite is the case. Like yes. eating... An abundance of animal proteins is like the source of most cancers, stroke, heart disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, like all this stuff. All of it. It's like, so what's the point then? Like we're getting sicker eating the animals than we are not eating the animals. And we're contributing to this, you know, this suffering, which is just a a massive thing. But this is such an emotional point. It's kind of like, I mean, it's more emotional than adjusting someone who's practiced for 20
1: years. Oh, yeah. Chaturanga. Yes, exactly. This is a big,
0: the way we eat, because, I mean, we get our eating eating habits from our childhood from our parents we're usually very attached like it's a very emotional thing to yes to even talk about and it sucks being the vegan person at the non-vegan dinner table
1: like yes it's cultural it's um you know it's societal it's familial it's um social it's all those things that um and i have been vegan for 16 and a half years and when i first was vegan We didn't have any vegan friends at all, you know? And it was like, oh, you can't eat that. Oh, you can't eat that. And it's funny because my kids have have on their own just learned to say, no, I can eat it. I don't want to, right? But I mean, you go in those situations and you're doing something different so that can set up alarm bells and, and then that if you're not really solid in the reason you're vegan that's a very easy reason uh, a way to fall back into right. you know eating the way everybody else does and what's
0: the best you think i mean the the biggest health change that
1: well i mean i would say for me i mean i've have seen so many people who become now i've created vegan communities since i didn't have one i'm like i'm just going to create it <laughs> so uh but for me what i what i noticed is that when I was running, I would always not to be graphic, but I would always be like spitting, like hawking up something and spitting. And I just thought, oh, that's normal. It's like running; I'm just jostling stuff around, and it's coming out. And um, and then probably once or twice a year, I would get bronchitis or a sinus infection or some kind of respiratory thing with all this mucus. And again, I thought I'm working in a healthcare place; I, this is, makes sense. I'm around a lot of disease, you know, uh, flus or stuff, um, colds that are going around. And when I got rid of dairy, I had been vegetarian, but I had a lot of, you know, like I think in a way I probably was eating more More dairy dairy, because you kind of bulk up. You're like, oh, I need this for protein. When I got rid of dairy, um, first of all, like from the physical standpoint, my energy level like was so much better. I felt, I just felt like, Completely energized throughout the day without any dips. Secondly, knock on wood, I never, I just never got sick. Never. Like, no more mucus, no more hawking up stuff. My husband would sleep with his mouth open every night and he was allergic to cats. When we became vegan together, like, he now, I was like, honey, you're sleeping with your mouth closed. Like, It was just something you don't realize you're doing uh, because he had so much mucus in there. It's very mucus producing. I mean, it's made for a baby cow. It's not made for a human. So we have a lot, there's a lot in there that uh, we're trying to break down and in the process, lowering our own threshold, our own immunity um, fighters. So honestly, what the big thing was that I didn't feel puffy anymore. I also like look back at some pictures and it's not just an age thing. Like I looked puffy, like I can't describe it. It wasn't like I was I, I was slender, but I was puffy. It was like, and then like, so.
0: The I mean, like inflamed. Inflamed.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. It's pu- Puff is infl- inflammation, you know?
0: I mean, right now I'm breathing through both of my nostrils, which right. I never do.
1: Right. Exactly. I know when I met you, <laughs> you I were mean, like, you had like, st- you know.
0: Always and had and sinus stuff. And right. I had a lot of, and this is so interesting it's because when I became vegan the first time i was vegan for years and it was like this total shift of everything in life right and i got rid of every single allergy that i ever had and i grew up so allergic to everything everything i mean every type of like furry animal and pollen and most fruits and vegetables like i was just allergic to everything and within three months i could eat everything again including nuts which i had like a deadly allergy to all kinds of nuts and, you know, all my sinus stuff cleared up, all this. But then somehow along the way, like I'm looking back at it now, like how the fork <laughs> did I forget all of this? Right. Like I just got stuck in this very, like I lost it little by little, like living in Aruba. And, I, you know, we didn't have farmer's market. Like we wouldn't get kale in the grocery store. Like we're on an island. Nothing grows here, blah, blah, blah. And I just found myself like, okay, like I had accidentally like some cheese on something. And I was like, well, there's nothing else for me to eat. I'm just going to have that. And then that was just like a slippery slope that led into like, overeating, whatever, like just ice cream and everything, dairy. And then the past couple of years, I've had this, like I'm blowing my nose 10 times a day, every day. Yeah. I'm not sick. I'm just blowing my nose. I have so much mucus. I can never breathe through my nose. And I'm like, well, this is just like my history. You because, just get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then now I'm like back to like, wait, this is what breathing through both nostrils feels <laughs> like. I spent years not being able to fully breathe. I would not literally in yoga class, never teach alternate nostril breathing because I couldn't, couldn't breathe demonstrate it yes. even because I couldn't never breathe through my nose, and right. And, you, that's, and then that's I'm like, right. well, this is normal. This is normal. And now that I'm back like on track, I'm like, all this is not normal. No. How is it? Yeah. And it's so challenging. And then people are like, well, without like this, you know how, even my mom who is, and it's so interesting and she's a vegetarian Uh, doesn't fully like there's a big emotional like last attachment to like going vegan and she's very attached to cheese and dairy and she's like talking to me with this kind of tone of voice well the fact that luna doesn't eat yogurt you know and she's not gonna have fish and she's like this and that where is her protein coming i'm very concerned here and i'm like you're not a nutritionist, like you right, don't know. Right. Like when we were little, you fed me like out of a can. Like, right, exactly. You know, we would eat like things off the ground and just like high fructose corn syrup candy, like whatever every day. Like there was no reflection there. Like and now you're worried that my baby is eating too much of ve- too many vegetables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Bummer. But there is that attachment to like, well, this is what I
1: grew and up. And it's what with. we're told, you know, in, through our entire life. It was like the when I I remember telling one friend I wasn't I was vegan I wasn't doing dairy and he was like. Well, dairy is like the best food source you can have, and I was like, "Says who?" And he, you know, it's not like he could well, quote says anybody. The dairy right. industry, exactly. Yeah. But he, it was like he was his own little commercial, and he had never thought about that. You know, I was like, "Well, it says who?" Well, like, they teach us in school, of course. Well, guess what? And the schools are provide are provided dairy by the USDA. They're they're subsidizing it. Um, all I mean, it's so it's so effed up how intri- like they are in each other's bed in a big way. Mm. Um and so when you when all of like the veil is lifted on that, then we can become a critical thinker when we're not actually fed false information. Uh, but you know, p- people should do the research. There's so much stuff out there. I mean T. Colin Campbell wrote the China study and and yeah. you know, there's always people that are poo-pooing it. I'm like, really this is a PhD on biochemistry that did a it's longitudinal like study. Like, study. Like really? Uh, You're gonna yeah. And it was a perfect population because it was People that have never experienced dairy and then the people who had gotten dairy because, you know, Westerners brought it in. Um, I mean, lowland I mean the rural China, the breast cancer doesn't even exist. It's like a blip on the screen. They don't have it. We should be curious. Like we should be modeling these right. um, you know, like blue zone areas that are or areas like that where these these diseases of prevention are not there. Hmm. Um and it's so, so, so important.
0: You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I want a body that feels good year round. Don't you? On top of practicing yoga and swimming in the ocean, the food I choose to eat directly boosts my health and my happiness. Well, you can fuel your fitness through the fall with nutritionist approved meal prep delivery from Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes it easier and more convenient to commit to your health and wellness every single day. You receive organic and sustainable ingredients directly to your door. Ingredients are pre-measured and the step-by-step instructions are cinched to follow. Now you can cook delicious seasonal meals right in your own kitchen in 30 minutes or less. No more excuses. Sunbasket offers specific dietary needs like paleo, lean and clean, gluten free, vegetarian, and family options. Each order is created by award winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. Whichever wellness journey you are committed to or curious to try there's a sunbasket to easily meet your needs your new healthy lifestyle starts right now with sunbasket for those of you in the u.s go to sunbasket.com yoga today to get 35 dollars off of your first order that's sunbasket.com yoga for 35 dollars off sunbasket.com yoga But I think for now, really, I mean, um, so anyone listening who is really curious and you're wondering or you're feeling like pissed off right now because all of this is bullshit and, you know, nothing is true. Um, James also touched on these three really awesome movies that you can watch. Uh, So Forks Over Knives is a really good, um, just like a very scientific movie about what uh, eating animal products does to the body and how like the... uh, going from animal-based to plant-based. is like the single most successful way to like reverse, you know, high cholesterol or, you know, moving toward heart disease or all all of this stuff. Um, Super powerful. And then cowspiracy is a great one for um, the environment and what eating animals does to the environment. And the last one, which is so incredibly hard to watch, uh, earthlings on the ethical side and what this does to um, animals, and I still have not like i can 't watch i can 't like, watch it no. either like and no. I Dennis I'm, keeps telling me yeah. he 's like I have to watch all this stuff because he 's very connected to you he 's going to keep eating
1: animals right um, he 's like I want to know he 's got to yeah. see it i mean i 've seen portions of it and it it will it 'll just haunt you yeah, but what I always say is what I experience in terms of pain as a witness is nothing compared to the pain these animals are experiencing. Mm. And so when people say, especially like rescue, they rescue dogs and cats, but right. they're like, oh, I can't watch that. And then they're eating. Like I'm like, you, you if you're going right. to eat it, you better watch it, right? Like the, don't no, you be You better ignorant. be just aware, right? It right? yes. didn't
0: come in this perfect plastic packaging. Right. Like it didn't right. arrive that way. Like it was yes. a breathing
1: being. Yes.
0: No, and I mean we have this 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 conversation a lot. Like if there's a stray puppy in the street, like all of Facebook is yeah. freaking out. Oh my god, there's a neglected puppy. Right. Like let's help save them, you know. And then yeah. it's like, okay, and then eating like chicken and eggs and beef or whatever, like there's or even, baby cows. Yes. Yeah. There's baby other animals that are like and that was a big one for me, the idea like knowing that for me to eat this ice cream, like I ice cream clearly is like a big thing for me. Like this ice cream, like a mother had to lose her baby. Right. I know for me I know. and the baby had to die. Like if that baby was a boy, the baby had to die so that mm-hmm. I could drink the milk and, or have this milk be made into ice cream. And now I'm eating coconut ice cream every day and it's fucking delicious. It's amazing. What's the difference? You know, it's like yes. so easy and it's just, I feel so aligned line and lit up right yeah, now. I'm just lit talking up, about this baby.
1: Okay. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Because this is kind of a cool thing. A teacher at my studio, Eunice Wong went through my training, became vegan Then she uh, met up with the Cowspiracy uh, producers. Mm -hmm. She wrote their book, and she just wrote What the Health, the book. Really? And she's my teacher. And I'm in it. I have like four pages in it in under the what the health. Yeah, <gasps> under the book. What the health? There's what? a movie. What the health? But there's also a book. It's super, super impressive. She's a brilliant. Eunice is a brilliant writer, and she oh did so much God. research. And I'm in the vegan athlete section. Oh. So you have to look okay, for that. Go yeah. check
0: it out. Go read the book. What the, what health. the health? You can also yeah. find what the health the movie on Netflix. Yes, I know exactly. Awesome. Okay. So right before we started recording this podcast, um, we took a bunch of questions through Instagram. So I was just asking anyone who has any question related to pain, because that's a huge part of your, um, I mean, what you teach and what you do in life is helping people heal from pain. Like just now we have our Mm -hmm. studio managers like, Oh my God, my hip and my lower back. I can't come to dinner. I have just so much pain. And I'm like, let's just lie in baby jail (laughs) and let Laura work (laughs) on you for five minutes because there's shit works. Um, But I just asked people through through an Instagram story if they could kind of share some questions they have or anything pain-related. The response is overwhelming. Like, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are writing. Um, And just out of what I'm pulling up and opening, kind of a little bit on random, I feel like 80%, I mean, an overwhelming amount is about low back pain.
1: Yes. That's that's amazing. From people practicing yoga here. That's amazing. Um, So, first of all, no one deserves to be walking around in pain. So we need to really be our best advocate. Like our bodies are our best friend and figure out what is, what's going wrong. So with low back pain, without knowing every anyone's history, what I can tell you a few things, you have to have to really get the strength in the deep abdominal wall muscles. Um, and I have, you know, not to promote my stuff, but I do have stuff, 108 classes online, and there's always some abdominals at the beginning. And um, really... For low back pain. For, yes, for low back pain. And um, and then you need to assess what you're doing. If you're sitting most of the day, then your back is going to be the the victim of that for sure. However, I've seen people that go to a standing desk, and they still have pain. Why? Because their their posture is the same, sitting and standing, and they're just now kind of transferring it to a different medium. They're not sitting and all the, the, the compressions going in their low back. But they still, if their posture and the supporting muscles around the low back aren't strong, they'll still feel it in standing. So I would say if you do yoga, go to someone who is really well-educated about strengthening the deep core muscles. Um, And it's not just the belly muscles. It's the back muscles as well. They need to be strong. The other big one is you've got to learn to use your glutes. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Glutes are, they're just badass, but we sit on them all day and then we get up and they've been snoozing. I say the snooze alarm just keeps getting punched over and over again. So the low back becomes a mover, instead of a big stabilizer. And so low back and hamstrings, almost always the first thing I look at is somebody's um, glute strength. And so strengthen your glutes. That's part of your core. And and again, I have a glute strengthener um, class on 108.
0: What, what about people that are completely over-obsessed with squatting?
1: Yeah, you have to learn how to squat correctly. I have little clips on my YouTube that shows you how to do it. Because you've seen that fitness trend of like everyone wants like a giant ass, Yes, also not the solution. Right. No, it's not. No, um, you have to squat correctly. If you're squatting by uh, arching your back, then that's not a good thing. You need to hinge at your hips. So uh, without showing you, you can take your second and third finger right where your thigh bone meets your pelvis in standing and then sit back like you're sitting in a chair and deepen the crease there using your fingers as a guide. That's where we need to bend from. Most people are bending from their back. So they reach over to get something and they either are rounding or they're overly arching like in a squat. They're sticking their ass way out and the tailbone's flying up and the ribs are popping out. So it's really, think about being standing tall and then hinging like a, you know, literally hinging like a little folding, like you're folding a card in half. And that's really what you want to do. Your spine is everything you've got to protect it at all cost so i think for a while it's better to be almost mechanical about it and and pay a lot of attention cuz again it's that hard wiring you have to pay attention to create better movement patterns
0: Thank you for that. Thank sure, you for that. I love how uh, like any question that we, we may have about the body, the answer is usually
1: more, more core. core. I know <laughs> we're gonna make a shirt. More core is the answer in life. <laughs> more core is
0: the answer. Um, another couple of questions that I got that were um, I think really important for this conversation too is uh, people whose shoulders hurt in chaturanga. Some people wrote that mm-hmm. their elbows hurt in chaturanga. Right. Uh, there's overall a lot of pain related questions to chaturanga yes
1: that's right well chaturanga is like such an awesome pose and the problem is it's you have to really do it well or you're gonna have issues because there's so much compression possibility on the shoulders so what i said yesterday to the group is a, a really high chaturanga is way better than going too low so the shoulders should never go below the the line of the elbows And to go into Chaturanga, the way I do it is different than the way I originally learned, but essentially from a plank, I drag my hands back without actually moving them just to engage the shoulder blades down on the back ribs, and then they're ready to go. And then I just bend the elbows to the point where my shoulder and elbows are in the same line or above that. And the, the, the front abdominals are pulling up, the glutes are on, the thigh, everything is on, You have to be on because you've got four small points of contact holding your entire body frame up. So if you can't really do that well, lower your knees to the floor. Put a block between your thighs. Bend your elbows just a little bit. That's a really great way to train the muscles to effectively hold the shoulders up. And video yourself. Look at it. Are you lowering like in a straight line or are you dipping your shoulders first? If your elbows are hurting, most likely you... I still go to the proximal area, which that means the closest to the core. So that would be your shoulders. So if your elbows, it's like your knees. Your knees are a victim of your hips. The elbows are usually a victim of the shoulders. So if the shoulders are not in good alignment, the elbows will be the victim of that. So if you really get the shoulders in good alignment, then the elbows should take care of themselves. But you might have to if if the elbows are inflamed, just give it a rest for a while. I tell people all the time, just stay in plank, work strength there. Don't go into any range that's recreating or exacerbating that pain. And then you'll be able to, over time, do it slowly. Don't get in a rush to be there. There's no, you know, Chaturanga award.
0: <laughs> oh, I wish there was. Right. <laughs> it's <not> Chaturanga. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> right. No, that's super important advice. So, I mean, specifically, and I find that a lot. So, uh, you know, I have pain in this pose all the time. So... Let's maybe right. not do it. Let's not do it. Let's find No, <laughs> maybe like, not do I know. it. Like, I know. Like, I know. 100 Chaturangas every single class. Um, okay, one more thing that, that people have been asking a lot about is neck pain. Yes. And I got different variations of that. A lot of people talking about migraines and headaches um, that may stem from neck pain or people that sit at a, at a computer all day or uh, also in practice, uh, a couple of questions about neck pain in any type of back bend.
1: Yes. So neck pain is really again, having over two decades of teaching and physical therapy practice it's it's more of a recent thing and it's it's everywhere I, I'd be surprised that wasn't the first thing that most people complain about and it's because of the lifestyle we lead and every micrometer your skull gets off of this tiny little like toothpick of your neck all the muscles around it are contracting Hanging forward you mean yeah like yeah, yeah so you go into the forward head where you're just even looking down a little bit, Anything that's taking your skull off of its center axis, the muscles have to work. So the suboccipital muscles, they're called, sub meaning below occipital is the back of the skull. Those get really, really tight. So uh, I was showing people yesterday, it's not like you want to make a double chin, but you want to release the chin down to the throat and then move everything like you're moving your throat back in space. So the chin, the throat, everything kind of moves back toward the spine. So it's not an aggressive chin tuck. It's more that you just want to move everything back and that will free up those muscles from hurting all the time.
0: I love that cue in plank.
1: Yes. And plank the same thing, right? Cause that every, what you see in somebody's posture is going to show up on the mat. So that's another thing I want to do is educate people so that they walk away and sit at their desk and, you know, do whatever they do in their daily life with more awareness. And you know, this is really yoga is about being awake. Can we be more awake and not be on that snooze button all day? You know, that feeling you get when you're like driving somewhere, 20 minutes has gone by and you don't remember a friggin' thing that happened. <laughs> How did you get right? there? Right, it's right. And that's what terrifying. people are doing in their lives. So if we're doing that, we're not paying attention to our alignment. So for neck pain people, um, the other thing is weight bearing through the hands is going to get their shoulders, and uh, the whole shoulder girdle, including their scapula, more engaged. And that will help them get their shoulders back, you know, not stooped over so much. So getting the scapula, little squeezes of the scapula, that's your shoulder blades together during the day, just little squeezes, but also rolling them just up, back, and down, getting movement there because there are muscles that attach from the skull to the scapula. So it's very complex, but essentially you want to Take some pictures of yourself. Have a reminder. Put that sticky note on your computer. Are you sitting up straight? Is your neck released? Like, the, like oh, especially maybe down?
0: when we're holding our phones.
1: I feel yes, like that's such a. I know we need to invent something. Like oh. it's like a selfie stick for the phone. <laughs> So we, or it just like floats in front of us like Jetson style. So it's so scary.
0: Like so I'm trying now to 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 lift my phone up. So yes. I'm Using my arms right. to pick up the phone rather right. than dropping my head down to always look at yes. my lap. Yeah. But it's a really challenging thing to do, and you kind of look like an idiot. No, I know. That's why
1: we need to invent like a selfie stick, and I'm sure somebody's doing it. But you know where we're looking at the phone that way, and uh, because I see it, and I see it in young kids, they are they're changing. It's called the text neck, and it's actually we have it, but the kids are changing the way, their their bones are still developing. They're changing the way their cervical spine is going. It's serious. Because
0: they spend so much time looking down. Yeah, they're the
1: looking screen. down at a screen. And it's, uh, we, so remind your kids, be that annoying parent that's always telling them to get their head back in space and not let that chin just jut forward. And, mm. and sh- when you see the back of your neck really shortening that's the sign that your, your head is too far forward. So you really need, I always think, can you breathe space into the bat? Well, I know we're both doing it right now. Can you breathe? <laughs> it's impossible to burn? listen to this yes, I know, like, I know. But you want. I'm sitting here talking yeah. to you. My core is engaged. Yeah. <laughs> like my throat's pulled back. Yeah. My <laughs> sit <laughs> bones, everything. All of this happening, right? We're smiling too. Oh so, so we're doing something right. But it is like moving, like getting more space back there. Getting more um, awareness back there. So. That, that's the short thing, but I do, and in so many of my classes, I I address all of these issues.
0: Um, yes. So if you're listening, I mean, it's of course really hard to take these cues uh, through pockets, although I think you do a really good job because well, thank it's, you. it's easy to just yeah. listen to. Uh, you can go to 108.com and find Lara's classes on there, and they're labeled after some of them are really labeled after pain or mm-hmm. how to help strengthen
1: or heal um, anything that you're
0: working through. So hopefully, if you've been of.
1: Movement is medicine. So if you move, it's going to be medicinal, but you got to move from a place. So of, yes. People yeah. that say, oh, I have pain here. I'm injured. And then stop moving where no. the answer is. No. Remember we talked like fascia, like the, this connective tissue. Everything needs movement. We are creatures that are made to move. And our, really our maladies come from not moving. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Bottom yeah. line. So if you have pain right now, maybe don't go run a
0: marathon, but don't stay stagnant on the couch. No, you know, Find some movement, get some blood moving through the body yes we could just keep going yeah we could and going. I love it I love it if we keep getting questions that are really specific maybe we'll do like a little Facebook live or, or something yes. fun that
1: could be good that would be awesome I want you to move here I know I, I do too take care of I'll me just every have day to, yeah I'll just have to come every few months or something yeah,
0: that's not bad. Well, thank we'll you so much for coming you, on the honey. show and thank you for imparting all of your wisdom in such a an honorable way I don't know. It's really beautiful how you hold the space for, for, for women everywhere and men. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've never, one of the, one of the teacher trainees said, Oh, when I got the book, the anatomy book delivered to my house, I opened it and I told myself this is gonna suck. (laughs) And now she said, I've never been this excited about anything. It's just, this is really your passion and your purpose and you're living it. And it's, that's why it's so easily digestible. And so, you know, I'm so attracted to everything that I used to think was really boring because you teach it in such an amazing way. So thank you for that. Thank
1: you, Rachel. You are inspiring, and I truly love you. I love you too. Okay, now I'm going to cry. I'll
0: see you all next week. Thank you for listening. A huge thank you to my guest, Laura Hyman. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Daily Harvest, Take Care of, Thrive Market, and Sunbasket. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.